You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. presence of God is wherever we are. The presence is God here. Yeah, there's no side walls, but the presence of God is here. And as we begin to worship, the presence of God comes and falls wherever we are. So let's hold on to that. And thank you, worship team. That was great worship this morning. Very, very good worship. And it also reminds me, if you want to be excellent at something, well, you've got to sacrifice something because you've got to practice. Our worship team are always practicing. That's why they're so good. They're all out here practicing all the time, every week. Well, this morning, we're going to be talking about a specific word. And when you hear this word, you're going to think, I think I know everything about that word that I need to know. But I want to tell you that this morning, you're going to be surprised by this word because this word has a greater meaning than you would ever be able to digest and think about. This word makes the difference between spending eternity with Christ or an eternity in damnation. This word can bring joy and passion and life and purpose to you. This word can send the deceiver running with his tail between his legs into the hills. And this word can either make you an heir to the riches of Christ or it can make you a pauper. This word can tell you what your true identity is in Christ. You want to know what the word is? All right, well, right now I'm wishing that I was Superman because this would work a lot better if I had the muscles. But I'm going to reveal something right now. Okay. Chosen. Chosen is the word. You know, this word chosen is such a positive word. And I'm not just talking about spiritually. I'm talking about the fact that we've all experienced being chosen in life. And when you get chosen, it makes you feel good, right? It makes you feel like you have purpose. It makes you feel like you're complete and whole. I'm chosen. But what happens if you're not sure if you're chosen? What happens if you weren't chosen? All of a sudden, the word chosen can lose its glimmer and its shine, and it can suddenly maybe be even a word that's despised. Well, we're going to dig into this word chosen this morning. I want you to turn with me to Matthew 22, 1 to 14. I just realized I haven't got my glasses with me. Lord Jesus, give me great eyesight this morning. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know if I brought them. They might be in the car. Can you look? I think you got the keys. It's all right. I, so I think I'll get by without them, but you can have a look in the meantime. That's given you enough time to look. Have you all found Matthew? Matthew 22, 1 to 14. This is one of Jesus' great parables. 
Remember, whenever Jesus was talking about parables, he was normally talking about what the kingdom of God looked like. That was the purpose of the parable, to get us to understand how the kingdom of God works. It's all right. It's okay. Fine. So let's read together. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of God is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He said his servants to those, he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a king. Sorry, the kingdom of heaven is like a king of Tell those who have been invited that I've been prepared, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen are fattened cattle and have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized these servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burnt the city. Then he said to the servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guest, he noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the tenants, thank you. Then the king told the tenants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now just watch this. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Am I the only one that's concerned with that last statement? Or is there concern amongst you too? For many are invited, but few are chosen. Isn't it amazing the way Jesus does stuff? He, he, he brings a beautiful, amazing parable, but he always leaves the last part to the end where he just knocks you on the floor. It's like a, it's like a drop mark moment. And he says, boom, now deal with that. Why is this concerning? Because it opens up so many questions to us all of a sudden. It can shatter what we think about chosen. Does this mean that I am maybe not chosen, Jesus? Or does it mean that some people are just never chosen and some people are? Does it mean that no matter what they do, they were never chosen? No matter how they try, they will never achieve anything? And if I am chosen... Why am I chosen? I wouldn't choose me. I certainly wouldn't. 
Maybe when I was a baby. Well, this morning, because it has so many questions, this word chosen is one that we have to get right in our hearts. Because as I said, when we get this right in our hearts, it can make all the difference. And so I want to bring five points just to bring to life what Jesus is talking about in this parable. The first point is this. The chosen are the invited. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Who, who did the, the first invite go to? It went to the chosen nation, the Israelites. That's where it went. If this was just a party that the king was holding, come, there's just a great big party, come, they all would have come. Why did they refuse? Because this wasn't just any party. This was a banquet to the, to the son's wedding. What was actually happening was the invite was going out to them to say, come to the wedding you're invited to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you come to the wedding, you are actually the bride. You are the bride to the groom. The Israelites refused it because they refused and rejected Jesus as the one who was meant to come. They would not go to him and wed him because they did not believe that he was God's son. The chosen are the invited. When we use that word invited or called, what it actually means, this tells us that every single person is actually chosen by God. Every person is chosen by God to come to the kingdom of God, to come to the wedding, to be part of the bride of Christ. Second point, the chosen are soul winners. Then he sent some servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready come to the wedding banquet let me ask you who were the messengers you are the chosen are the messengers the messengers were the one who already aligned themselves with Jesus Christ they already said pick me I'll, I'll marry Jesus Christ I'm there I'm in just I'm going to do I'm going to surrender he is my Lord the messengers were those people where did God send them? To the unsaved. It was the chosen who have the responsibility to win the lost. That is you and me. To be chosen is not just about your eternity in heaven. In fact, your greater purpose is to bring others into heaven. But can I be raw for a minute? 
and there's no judgment that comes with this at all. I, I'm, I'm trying to bring this word alive for us so that we have the truth in our hands. Not this church, not just this church, but churches across the world are so inward thinking. We're so busy struggling with our own battles that we do not have the time or energy to think outwardly. It's because we don't really know that we're completely chosen. If we knew that we were chosen, we'd be spending Monday to Saturday building ourselves up and dealing with our own struggles in the quiet room with God. And then, and then on Sunday, coming to church to be encouraged to go out. Not coming to church on Sunday to be built up because I'm weak and frail. You're supposed to be building yourself up with Christ during the week on your own. This is what the chosen do. The chosen, their purpose is to go out and win souls. And you may say, okay, well, isn't that the job of the evangelist? Of course, evangelists have been given the gift to do that really, really well. But it doesn't mean it's not your job. And in fact, you know, Pastor Paul and Pastor Tanya were talking about Alpha. We've made it so easy for you guys. So easy. All you have to do is just invite your friends, the family. You're not going to strangers. You're going to people you know and just saying, come on. Come. Come and see. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I pointed you so that you might bear fruit. John 15, 16, fruit that will last. What is fruit that will last? Salvation in heaven. That's the only kind of fruit that lasts. Eternity. He chose you with the purpose of going to bring fruit, which is to bring people into the kingdom of God. A fruit that will last. Number three, the chosen are afflicted and persecuted. They paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. It's not a small thing to carry the title chosen. One of the scriptures that we hardly ever talk about is carrying our cross. Because carrying our cross means that we have to really deal with the idea that we may be, um, we may struggle with it. We, it. we may come up against hardships. We might, we might even have to die for the, for the name of Jesus Christ. Like many other countries, that's actually what happens. You know, in this country, we have it so easy. When you live in countries like China or Korea, when they are appointed and going out to, to, to bring others into the lost, they know that they may die for it. They know that they may put in prison. They know they may be separated from their families. And, and we are even scared to be embarrassed or rejected by people. We have to change our idea of being chosen. When God sends us out, He sends us with every equipment to be bold and to, to say what we need to say. Never to stand in fear. 
If somebody rejects you, then you then you you you're like the disciples. It says, "Yeah, um, it's pure joy. It's pure joy when we suffer for Christ. It's not good to suffer anything, but it's good to suffer for Christ. That is pure joy, because there's there's purpose in your calling when you do that." The chosen must always carry their cross. Wherever there's resistance, there's always growth. Wherever there's heat or a furnace, there is always refining. Number four, the chosen, and I love this one. This is my favorite. The chosen are sinners. Both good and bad. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. (laughs) Who said yay? Yay, church. That's awesome. That's exactly the attitude we need. Thank you. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite the banquet to the banquet, anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. I want to speak about three different spirits in this, this area here. Because this word chosen, um, as I said before, sometimes we think it's one thing, but it's a different thing completely. I think all of you will know at school, when you were at school, what it felt like to be chosen. Like maybe in a, in a, in a sporting environment, like, you know, you get two captains. You know, it always goes two captains and they choose the best ones, right? And, you know, like if you're a good athlete or good at it, you, you know you're going to be chosen. And so you, you're pretty like, yeah, okay. But, you know, and, and that's exactly what happens. So the best are chosen first and, and the captains are rallying for the best ones. And it, it feels great to be chosen when you get chosen like that. But there's always like three or four at the end, and especially the last one, feeling terrible about themselves because now what they're doing is rallying not to have you. And, and, and you feeling like, this is just terrible. I wish I hadn't even entered into the sport. There's two spirits that come out of that. The first spirit, when you are chosen because of your abilities, is a pharisaical spirit. When you come to Christ with that kind of attitude that you've carried your whole life, that I'm good, you come to Christ with the attitude is God needs me. God needs me to do stuff. I can do it. I can do whatever God needs me to do. And you carry that through into your faith walk. Maybe not consciously, but you do. And that can undo you completely. That can completely undo you. And then there's the orphan spirit. You know, like, I'm not good for anything. I'm, I'm not good. And then you come to Christ and, and you accept Jesus Christ, but you're not really sure if God's chosen you. And so you spend your, your faith walk trying to prove to God that you're good enough. I did that. I did exactly that. You know, I love my dad so much. My dad passed away about three years ago now. And Tracy, my wife, will... will will affirm this. I love him and I know he loved me, but he was, you know, he was from a generation that they just did not show much love. I know Pastor Paul's spoken about this many times. And the, the thing is that my dad's dad was even worse. 
They just did not know how to show love. And it's not really their fault. It's just the way they grew up. And so I spent my whole life really trying to get my dad to love me and to prove myself to him. I remember once I used to play soccer and, um, you know, I was there on the team and I was in playing first team and I, I so desperately wanted my dad to come and watch me. He never, ever did it. And the one day I was right up there and I was in the game and I saw my dad driving. And I tell you, I felt something leap within me because I was like, oh, my dad's coming to watch me. This is amazing. And he just drove on straight past. And it just like crushed me. And I know, you know, this is small stuff because I was young then. But, you know, you carry that stuff through with you. And then so, so I entered my faith walk with Christ just like, I've got to prove myself to God that I'm good enough. I've got, to, I've got to show Him that I'm worthy of being a Christian. It took me a long time to give my life to God because I did not feel worthy enough. I, I'm too much of a sinner, God, I cannot. And I just put God aside all the time. I pushed Him away, pushed Him and pushed Him away until He actually just overwhelmed me and I couldn't stop anymore. And thankfully, you know, I, I had people around me that had, prophetic wisdom and they spoke into my life and you know people prayed and that was broken off me but it's a wrong idea of chosen chosen the right spirit to have chosen is the adoptive spirit tracy my wife and me we understand the adoptive spirit because we have adopted kids you know when we went to adopt our kids I honestly believe that we didn't even have to see them. We were already in love with them. And they were babies. And when we saw them, they were ours. Just, they, they're ours. When we finally got it all sorted, because there's a legal process you have to get, we got the, the, the certificate that said they were ours, and it said, these children, or this child is now yours, as if they were born to you. But as great as that is, we didn't need that because we already knew it. You see, my kids were not chosen because of their ability, because they were babies. Your kids were not chosen by you for any other reason because you loved them. And this is the adoptive spirit. This is what God has done is He's chosen you before you were born, before you were even, you know, your parents were born. He already knew and he loved you. And his love is irreversible. You can't take it away. So when you're sitting there thinking, oh, I've got to prove something to you, you've got to prove nothing to God. He chose you a long time ago. And he will never stop loving you. Even when you haven't chosen him, he loves you completely. He so wants you to come to the son's banquet because he knows that that is what's going to align us and bring us back into connection with him and so he so wants you as the messengers to go and do that work for him because he has called you to do that work for him we're adopted you know praise god we're adopted because because the israelites who were chosen first refused jesus which made a room for made room for us it's like a big vine jesus calls himself a vine and, and we're the branches the, the Israelites were the original branches there, right? And because they refused, those branches were taken off and made room for us by the mercy of God. And so now we've grafted in, we've been grafted in as, as adoptive children. 
Charles Spurgeon says this, I believe the doctrine of election because I'm quite sure that if God had not chosen me, I should never have chosen him. And I'm sure he chose me before I was born or else he would never have chosen me afterwards. I want to finish with this last point. The chosen are dressed for the occasion. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He said, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? See, he says, friend. Meanwhile, the guy's going to be out there in, in the darkness. He still called him friend. The man was speechless. Do you know why the man was speechless? Because this was the moment when Jesus returns and every knee is bowed and every tongue confess. It's the moment when you realize you've been found out. It's the moment when you realize that there's not one thing you can say. There is no excuse you can make. Because why? Because Jesus, because God does not see the outside of outward appearance, but searches the heart. It's like an x-ray. You and me can't see what's happening inside this body, but God can. And the thing is that the man knew it. He was completely speechless. And the king told the tenants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited and few are chosen. So this word that we started off with, or the sentence, for many are invited, but few are chosen, we can, we can, we can actually say it like this, for many are chosen, but few are chosen. What it means is we're all chosen in the beginning. Let me put it this way. If I put out an invite to you and said, we're having a fancy dress party, but the requisite is that you have to come dressed in fancy dress. And I send it to everybody in the world. And there at the door where you're coming to, into the party, there's somebody standing there checking to see whether you have fancy dress or not. Yes, you've got fancy dress. Yes, you've got fancy dress. You're not dressed with fancy dress. Sorry, you cannot come in. That's what he means by chosen. We're chosen, but we also few are chosen because of the name of Christ. The, uh, the, the nine virgins, it's exactly the same thing. They were carrying oil. They were waiting for Jesus to return. There they were. And suddenly, some of them realized that their oil was gone. It was finished. It's because they had been living their lives with lip service to Christ. Not fully devoted we, use, we say the oil is like Holy Spirit. So you remember I said to you that Jesus can see inside. He looks and he sees the Holy Spirit in your heart. Is it there or is it not? If it's not, it's not. If it is, it is. You can't lie about it. And so they suddenly realize, whoa, Jesus is coming. We, we don't have the stuff. Can we have some of yours? No, because if I give you some of mine, I'll have none myself. Go to the shop. <laughs> and so they rush off to the shop to try and buy some when they get back Jesus already arrived and he opens the door and those who have got oil come through and then the door is shut it's exactly the same concept I want to ask you this morning are you dressed correctly 
Do you have the robes of righteousness on you? I'm hoping you're going to say yes in your heart. But like I said, it's better you find out now than later. God looks at the heart. We are called, invited, and yes, chosen. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son so that they would not perish. You see, something that we forget about is that God loved everyone, but he sent the son so that we may be saved. And in rejecting the son, we become the few that are not chosen. You know, like I said, I, I hope that everybody is dressed in righteousness this morning. But I also know, and if I look at my own life, I know that I should be pursuing God stronger and harder. I know that if I'm truly chosen, I should be I should be working harder because you know if I if I if I want to glorify God then I've got to do more from, my, from the heart that's within me. And sometimes our love is broken up and shattered because we're spending our love on other things. And it's a choice that we have to make to, to start surrendering those things to God and putting them at the foot of the cross so that we know in our hearts, I know I'm chosen. And I know I'm doing the very best that I can to stand in front of God, to be called, well done, faithful, good and faithful servant. Those whom free grace chooses, free grace cleanses. We are not chosen because we are holy, but we are chosen to be holy. And being holy, the purpose is no dead letter, but we are made to seek after holiness. 1 Peter 2.4.10 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. And I hope now you understand the real meaning of being chosen. You are chosen to change the atmosphere in your home. You are chosen to change the atmosphere at your work and at church. You are chosen to be a life, light and to drive out the darkness in other people's lives. You are chosen to take down giants and to take down strongholds. You are chosen to bring the message of hope and salvation to others. You are chosen to bear fruit and fruit that will last. You are chosen to freedom that will live and live life to the fullest. You are chosen to praise God because you were once lost and now you you are found, you are chosen to be a precious possession, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. Let's live like we are chosen people. Amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church, and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com 
or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.